Welcome to Status Quo. Still being blowtorched by WNYC. Still doesn't work in the Bronx. Still sounds like ass. You know what else sounds like ass? This segue to our sponsor, WACN Technologies. You can get Nendek for $19.99 plus shipping to Timbuktu because we don't even make them. Check it out now at acrn.quest-eas.network. Yeah, and this is the ERN podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the ERN podcast, everyone. I have finally returned from my grave. And you'll probably be back in it next weekend. I am peak Florida woman. Yep, Though- so yeah, we got we got quite a jam-packed episode ahead of us here, so Daz deck information finally oh, here. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, we I guess got we'll just a do like a, a quick a quick rundown of what we're gonna be talking about today. Daz three, of course, uh Apple integrating cap into the iOS sixteen weather app, and then we have Marley talking about first person coverage of the Florida uh tropical system that went through there. Yeah, that was different, but I'll get to that later. Yeah, so I guess we'll just hop right into the Daz Deck three stuff. So uh so I actually emailed uh Daz, and they said that they were having troubles updating their website. I can't remember specifically what it was, but they missed their deadline of the first, which makes sense now to why nothing's on their website. Yeah. But they, I mean, they did send an informational packet to ERN. So we have yep. possibly the first download of that packet. Yeah, we, uh, we're, we're, we're the Daz plug, if you will. <laughs> yeah. This episode is not sponsored by Digital Alert Systems. Yeah, all opinions are our own and none of digital alert systems. These are our own opinions. However, we do love digital alert systems. We will say that. But these are our own opinions. Retweets, yes. retweets do word. not equal endorsement. <laughs> yep, basically. <laughs> so yeah, I guess we'll just hop right into what we already knew. So RJ45 connectors for program audio, analog audio input output and digital output using Studio Hub standards. And that digital output supports 48 kilohertz. Well, didn't it already do that? Well, I thought the DAS was limited to 32. No, 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 it went up to 48 on AES. Oh, yeah, well, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. They they recommended you to limit it to 32 for, um, for yeah. technical reasons. Uh, I mean, it's not like it matters if it's 48 or not on most radio stations but then again yeah. uh mo- the most people that are going to be using it anyways are tv stations due to I the mean, uh the cgen feature isn't ota bandwidth around 32 anyway yep it's it's exactly 32 because you've got you've got yeah. 15 on either sides of the the beginning and then you've got the stereo pilot and then you have the stereo which is the 32 as well i believe mm-hmm. but yeah tv tv that. can go up real high yeah oh yeah so the next thing we know is hdmi with alert audio output which we already yeah Yeah. we'll we'll, we'll get more into that later so the modular ability of it elex models of it the new front panel with the front panel controls the three lights and that and then 64-bit system os so i guess do we we know anything about the uh the the resolution of of that hdmi so we'll actually get to that in a moment, but so right. first let's just Spoilers. go through what, yeah, exactly. So we'll get into what, what's new, what we have or updated info and what we have. So it looks like the expansion ports on the EX only one of them is reserved for the audio card. You can't use it for anything mm-hmm. else from what I've seen. I thought that was an interesting, Wait, go, go into more wrong, detail but, about that. So yeah. So the um, one expansion port on it is 
is I, from what I'm reading, it's only meant for that audio card. And the other two are for the other expansion cards, such as another audio card, which I don't know what the purpose of, like, a, I guess, a different output, uh, GPIO, and more network options. Oh, so it's, and like, then, modular, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah which I guess nice. is the, one of the main goals of the three. And, and, and that's then, nice, so, because there's only two models, so if you want to personalize mm-hmm. it or change it, you can just add it, and that way you're not buying for the, the whole thing, and you might not need all of it. Yeah, and then um, MPEG-2, MPEG-Dash, still in there, allows for transport transport streams directly into your broadcast. Nice for TV. I might know why, they're, why they have only one card dedicated to it might be like a pcie standard thing so that might be like on the motherboard that they're going to use for this it might have like a higher pcie bandwidth on that slot that's why you can only Mm -hmm. use it for for audio or it might be lower and then the other one is higher so that way because you don't want to put something that might use more bandwidth on a lower slot yeah yeah so oh yeah like like 8x versus 16x uh not not even that just um how many pcie lanes Go That's to right, right, yeah. go to that slot. So I mean, because all be in all, the Dasdeck yeah. really is just a low grade computer, and I'm saying low grade because the Dasdeck doesn't need too much processing unless they've done some hunky processing thing that I don't know about. But we will learn that in time. <laughs> Let me say, yeah. Dasdeck with more processing would be pretty cool, though. It know? would, but it's oh, not yeah. like we can run anything on it, anyways. It's, I mean, the Dasdeck <laughs> is meant for TV stations and stuff, Yo. not for enthusiasts. Imagine a DAS deck running like a, like running a Threadripper. Can it run Crisis? <laughs> DAS deck runs Crisis. That would yeah, be so funny. I also found something else that's interesting in here. So the EX has the option for uh, Ethernet into the expansion slots. But mm-hmm. EL and EX both support USB Ethernet. Um, oh. I believe the original one... Well, the, the the thing about this is technically you could do this on the original one if you had a way into the in, into the actual computer because mm-hmm. uh, that would just be something like an operating system driver to support just Ethernet over USB. So um, that that's also how they did serial over USB. It's just a driver. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. just install the driver for this thing and then just make the app detect that. So they probably only needed to add in the drivers and made the app detect it. So Yeah, which is nice, though, because then you have a little bit yeah. of expansion for that EL model. I mean, personally, in my experience using my DASDIC for ERN, uh, I really haven't used yeah. more than one Ethernet port. The, the only times that you would use more than one <laughs> Ethernet port is for something like a cable system, where you may have yeah. one DAS plugged into several networks at once. That would mm-hmm. make sense, but hey, you'd hey, think a cable hey, system would have a switch. <laughs> your your dads used that because they had their developer network and then they had the public network. And they had two different um, Ethernet ports set up for that. It could it could be used for other purposes. From yeah. something that I can see it being used for is um, having the EA having the EAS and CAP being on a secured network. And mm-hmm. having a and having one of the other Ethernet ports being used just as a um, interface port for for uh, yeah. just in case any there's no traversal between the subnets. We have at my sense. at my job we have a couple of servers like that. Mm-hmm. So I mean that, that really does make sense. So basically, what you're saying is you could have um, 
one port doing all the web interface stuff and then another port doing all the backend stuff and you could have the backend behind a firewall that is so secure that your uh that the locks on your doors would be sweating and then um <laughs> and then you could have the other port like a little bit more lenient so like people can access that um elsewhere and like, uh, you have good yeah. password stuff yeah basically basically you would have ethernet port number one act as your primary internet port and that's in the and that's how it traverses the internet is through that you can have that be on you can have that be on the dummy thick firewall mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and, and and the then reason have, and then you have the other ethernet ports to for other access methods of getting into the web interface yeah, and the reason security is so important on Dazdex is if if you want to take a quick little trip to YouTube, you can search KRTV hack, uh, and you'll find that one real quick. <laughs> um, you know Cam what might would be, be able to really, explain that. You know what would be really cool. Uh, I don't know if you can do this. You might be able to, and I just haven't looked into it. Imagine um, having a VPN built in built into the Dazdex, so you could specify IPs to allow through to that. So you don't necessarily need to port forward anything. Oh well, you can so, just do that through a lot of switches and so stuff. So if you had, if you had access to the command line, I'm, I'm sure you could do that. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, the if other, or what something else that you can do is you can um, have your have the DAS deck on like an SD WAN of some kind. Yeah. So, the, so say the DAS deck's on the transmitter site, you could hook up to an SD WAN device that connects over to this main studio. Don't a lot of um, transmitter site? Don't a lot of transmitter sites like instead of having a direct? I mean, I'm sure they have a direct connection to the internet, but don't a lot of uh, sites control their index via the actual STL with the additional bandwidth that the studio transmitter link has? Like, because isn't it just like an IP based system sort of thing? Like, couldn't Depends you do that? Depends on the STL because you have because yeah. you you can have you can have just. STLs can literally be anything. It really just depends yeah. It could be on, analog. Could be an analog STL. If that is that's the case, then they're certainly not doing it over the STL. Oh line. no, of course not. <laughs> they're, they're sitting here sending SSTV to control their Nasdaq. Hilarious that might be. Yeah, that's that's Yo. not how that works. I mean, they're they're sitting here type putting in punch tar- uh, punch tards <laughs> punch cards <laughs> to their their hey, their G- ready machine sitting here controlling their Nasdaq. That would be really funny. But hey, Gabe, yeah. um, you know what would be really cool? What <laughs> like what what we can experiment with your Nasdaq? So I have seen YouTube videos of people using um, a- APRS to do like internet stuff, like SSH over APRS. Dasdeck control over oh, APRS stuff like that. Uh, I think I saw a video by um, I think I saw a video by uh, Signals Everywhere where they used AFSK to do Telnet because you can't actually if you have a ham license you can't use SSH because it's encrypted um, yeah. and you can't do anything encrypted on ham so you have to use Telnet because it's unencrypted. But there, this is totally a tangent. But I will just simply say that it is possible to do Telnet via. APRS as or a- um, AX25 packets. But so yeah, anyways, this is totally a tangent. But here's yeah. here's one thing that I just thought about. You could theoretically go to the DAS web interface that way. It would take forever because APRS's max bandwidth is like 1.2k. Yeah, but, yeah, have fun with that one. <laughs> like literally a 56k modem 
is 56 times faster. Yeah, but exactly. It, it would be like the Missoula uh, RMT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, or or you could just call it uh you could just call it South Carolina and how delayed their monthlies are, but we don't talk about that. Well, Missoula's probably spending all their time putting the DC code in. <laughs> you know, <laughs> possible. I mean, New York isn't much better. Lawson can say well, that for sure. Whoa. Yeah, Whoa that's is all true. of their problems. <laughs> yeah, that and WNYC. Yeah, their, so their whole system is a little messed up. Yeah, I guess we can move on to the next topic, which is back to what we were saying earlier, the video output. So there's two different video outputs on the DAZ. So you can output via VGA or HDMI. And the uh, the VGA supports up to uh, 192 by tw- or sorry, 1920 by 1200 at 60 hertz, which is what standard for FPS. is that four by three i don't know what uh aspect ratio that is yeah that would be four by three yeah, yeah so and then i thought what was interesting i mean like anyone was telling me that we've heard this before but hdmi supports up to 4k at 30 and it includes yeah. the alert audio and and i would assume that uh that the well of course you can't uh, you can't send audio over vga but you know um it is nice that it's put directly into HDMI, so you really only have to run one cable, which is nice. And I'm I'm I can't say for sure, but I'd assume that the uh, the HDMI would support 10K at 10K, 10K, no, <laughs> 1080p at 60 hertz, or maybe even 120. But I, I highly doubt anyone's running a television station at 120. You're it's gaming with a Nasdaq. Isn't 4K 30 like uh, HDMI 2.0 standard? That's what I was thinking. Uh, no, 2.1 or something. Oh, that's 1.4. Really? Huh. Uh, HDMI yeah. 4. Point, or not HDMI 4.0. 1.4 does 4K at 30. 2.0 does uh, 4K at 60 with HDR. Okay. Um, yeah. But Dazdek uh, scroll screen in HDR. <laughs> if, if you in 8K. If you, if you know um, if you know what standard it is, you can just look at the standard to see what it could do at 1080. That is yeah. if they allow you to change the resolution. Because well, I mean, it's it just be locked at 4K 30. If it can handle 4K at 30, if it's to the HDMI 1.4 spec, it should be able to handle any resolution below. Yeah, and 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 I'm pretty yeah. sure not many people are running, you know. Uh, OTA like digital 4K streams. I mean, it's a thing, but that's I don't cable. know if that's happening. Yeah, that's mostly cable, and even then, most cable systems, at least the big ones, just send it via MPEG-2, which is another thing that this uh, MPEG-2 and MPEG-Dash is optional, and allows for transport streams directly into the digital broadcast, which is nice. So, Yeah, if it, if it is... Uh, 1.4 then because most OTA and TV stations still run 1080i at 5994 interlaced <laughs> yeah yeah once uh, uh, a lot of F- over the air stations just do interlaced. Uh, 4k at some point yeah I I was seeing when I w- when I went to Home Depot at one point to buy TV antennas, I saw it's like this TV antenna supports up to 8K. I'm like, uh, excuse me, what are you talking about? It's an antenna. First of all, I've never yeah. seen an 8 an 8K or like DTV um, broadcast because I'm pretty sure that would use way too much bandwidth. And second of all, I just 
why would you put that on the packaging? But Say yeah, goodbye no. to your station's power bill. <laughs> yeah. Say goodbye. Pretty much say goodbye to your, your transmitter because you're running pretty much the bandwidth of, what, two of them at the same time? Or just say goodbye to your sub-channels. Well, don't, can't, don't they normally not even do, like, 1080p over the air? Uh, you know, it's my, all 1080i. Yeah, all yeah, of my uh, local stations run their primary at 1080i, 30 usually. Some run 60, but that's usually if they're only running one channel. And then they're all their sub channels, which can go up to seven, which is ridiculous. Um, well, usually, in theory, Marley, so uh, with, with interlay signals, so 1080i, 5984 is 1080p, 30. So yeah. 1080i, 30 would be 15 frames a second progressive. Okay. But Yeah, but all, all the so sub channels usually just run probably, 480. Yeah. At the station See, I used to work at, KRTV, because uh, I can actually say that I, I left because I'm moving to Missoula. So our main channel was 1080i, 1594, and then subchannel 2 was our CW, which had 720p, and then the rest of them were 4 EI. Yeah. Um, all the stations I ever saw over the air whenever I was back in Arkansas, they, uh, they were all like 640. And yeah. then... And then I, ARPBS, their their main signal was 720, and that was the highest. Yeah, that was well, that's Arkansas, but still. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all their sub-channels, all of their four sub-channels were all 480i. Like, mm-hmm. legitimately, all of them. In the biggest, in a big metropolitan area, the biggest thing I've ever seen was 1080i. And uh, the DAS deck doing 4K is just bonkers, and that's mainly for cable systems. Yeah, it's future proofing, really. And <laughs> heck, if if some cables or if some someday they want to do 8K, which would be absolutely nuts, and that is not going to be for a long time, Dasdeck Four will be out. Heck, they might even be out of business. I doubt it. Um, Yo, but- I can't wait till 400K over the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, it really is just future proofing, and I wouldn't say to expect any uh, resolution upgrades in the future. So. I think we're pretty much future-proofed on that one. See, honestly, I feel like um, over-the-air streaming is going to take over before like we ever hit that point. Yeah. So, definitely. Hell, most 4K TVs nowadays don't even come with the tuners. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I find it funny that the ones that do still support analog television, which is hilarious. But you know. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. we have one Franken FM station over here, which, if you didn't know, basically is just an old TV station that has their video turned off, but has their their analog audio still on. Somehow it's still allowed, but you can pick that up on my TV on channel 6. Just audio, but it's hilarious that it works. Anyways, go ahead, Cameron. So, yeah, so the video output, of course, just like the DAS 2 and 1 Nets, it requires an output license key. And so with HDMI, Daz says that that could be used for digital signage. I'd like to see how that's integrated in the in the field. That's pretty cool, actually. Daz kind of moving out into newer territories, which is nice. Yeah, digital signage. That's like you're thinking like outdoor. Yeah. Like you know, I don't know how you know that would work, really but that cool would be cool. A Daz deck on a uh, on a road sign. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Like I'd a love big to see that. It's just a Daz deck. <laughs> So up here in up here in the Seattle area, if you're going on if you're going on Interstate Five North into Seattle, uh, a good portion of that from 
just north of I-405 down to downtown, basically downtown Seattle, is uh, variable speeds. And they have every quarter of a mile mm-hmm. they have for each lane variable speeds and then as well as uh, advisories. Mm-hmm. I like the signs. Drives up, drives up, fucking Daz. Yeah, that just would be hilarious. Just an emergency action like, notification. <laughs> Stop your vehicles now. The speed Stop limit has been vehicles. reduced Pull to us. zero. <laughs> You're about to get vaporized. <laughs> Sorry, drivers, not to freak you out, but this is a test of the emergency alert system. <laughs> that would be funny. Bird. So yeah, moving on to the next thing here. So the uh, analog and digital audio outputs have fail-safe bypass relays on this generation. So that so just um, means do is it just relays off-air issues if there's a power failure. Um, how do you how do you uh, how do you do a bypass on digital with a relay? How does how does here, that work? Don't you well, need the, power the relay to do would digital? Close it, the relay would open or close itself before it loses power. I guess that would make sense. Yeah. Or it's just oh, you open when there's power. To the way it was before. Yeah. Oh, you said on digital. Yeah, I don't digital know how you do analog. a digital. F- yeah, but okay. I don't know how you like, do a digital fail safe. The, the digital, the digital output, not the digital. It's so, not like a digital um, relay. Mm-hmm. Marley, think of it as the exact same way that the the Sage does it. You have a relay that has either program audio yeah. or NDEC audio, and mm-hmm. it literally hardware switches between that. Yeah. Whenever it comes to digital, you want to bring in that digital audio, but then bring it out. But you can put that on a switch. So one switch brings it into the DAS and then sends it out through the DAS. So it goes into the DAS. DAS does whatever it's so going I to guess it. If there's then no- goes out. But um, hold on. But sorry, my alarm. We off. have a phone ringing. <laughs> um, but the other way you can do it is, let's say the DAS shuts off for whatever reason. You could have that hardware relay that whenever you turn on the DAS, it closes so that it's routing through the DAS. Yeah. But whenever the DAS shuts off, that relay de-energizes, switches it. So now that that digital chain DAS, yeah. just goes straight through that it's relay, and it never yeah it, yeah. It's, so it's a it just acts like a pass through yeah. whenever there's no power applied to it. That makes sense. Now um, I understand that. Same exact concept on the Sage. If you take the Sage and you literally just shut off the power, you'll hear your program audio. Like even if the Sage is in the middle of sending something. You'll hear it cut off, and your station audio will will come back in and continue playing, because that that's how they do that switching. So it's the same exact concept, but just on the digital scene. On the uh, on the topic of licensing, both the EL and EX models have uh, radio licenses, and in quotes, bruh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, or in parentheses, <laughs> bruh. I don't. Yeah, that's a little weird. <laughs> the thing I think is cool, though, like I put in the rundown, though, is those can be activated in the field, so you don't need a factory retrofit. Yeah, that's kind of nice, though. I yeah, mean, would how does that kinda, work? It's just... also kind of dumb, though, because that means all your equipment's already installed. Yeah, yeah. You bought the equipment, but you need to pay money to use it, and I. <laughs> Here's a monthly yeah, fee to keep your uh, your station uh, FCC compliant. It's not monthly, but that would be funny. Yeah, oh, if it was saw, monthly, uh, I would be angry. Yeah. Daz isn't like that, though. Yeah, because I yeah. was looking at it. So the EL license is for two radios, and the EX is for three. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which would make sense. Yeah. Hello. 
<laughs> Sorry. We had a falling I thing. On, yeah, I guess moving on to the next thing. So the front panel, I'm sure this is something that we're all really interested in. So Daz confirms that the panel will provide activation, config, and control fe- features in the future. And I put in mm-hmm. uh, parentheses in this V5. I wonder if that's something to do with maybe the Daz 3 will release with 4.4. Oh, yeah. okay. And then if within V5, then those features might come in. But I'm interested okay. to see if it has front panel origination. That would be nice. That would be nice because in the Other event that... Other than just that, weekly tests. Yeah, I mean, you do have It would be nice because in the event that time. your network goes out or something and you still want to be able to send something, you could do it through the front panel. Well, I doubt that in theory, you shouldn't need to send anything unless you, like for any reason whatsoever unless you're like um testing PEP. maybe yeah or unless PEP you're or, PEP. or it's still nice it's still a nice feature yeah. to have uh, as it is on it's just catching up to other index really and yeah, uh and with on. that front display oh sorry go ahead cameron oh no i was just gonna move on you can go ahead Oh, I was just going to say that with that front display, the EL has a monochrome LCD display, which is normal, uh, and the EX has a color backlit display. I am interested to see how they utilize that, if they maybe change the color based on the alert or have a funny little spinning flower emoji or something. <laughs> I don't know yeah, how they do what, that. What I was looking at with it is that it's just uh, what I was looking at. I looked a little bit more into this through that packet. It's just the backlight, and it looks like it might just be a solid color. Oh, um, okay. So instead of Ooh. it just being a, just a monochrome matrix display, it has a backlight that's color. Now um, you have I, blue. <laughs> I can understand it. Um, if it's one color for the entire thing, that would make sense because you could have like normal status and be like green uh, or normal status. It could be like white by turning on all the LEDs. You can make white using multiple, multiple LEDs. Yeah, right? yeah. So normal status is just white. You're receiving a test alert. Screen goes green. You're receiving a watch. Screen goes yellow. Receiving a warning. Screen goes red. Yeah, yeah. You're receiving an EAN. Screen turns off because you're dead anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're already dead. Yeah, I'm interested to see how that. I mean, yeah. More, more <laughs> you're interested this, to see when that happens. Later. <laughs> yeah, I got a, something to mention at the end of the episode, but we'll wait for that here. So yeah. the next thing that I think is cool is ATS th- ATSC 3.0 next gen TV is in this unit, and it has so again future proofing. Yeah, and it has advanced emergency information. Ooh. So yeah, it, it sounds like elaborate. it's just a yeah. It sounds like it might just be part of a, like an MPEG stream. But it, it, so like it's meta. a unique way for yeah, it's it's a unique way for broadcasters to show information to viewers without interrupting their broadcast. All right. That seems like a cheat way out of EAS, but also I don't know. I, well, like like what they said in it, it doesn't replace EAS. Rather, it just changes the delivery of the alert to viewers. So how do you how do you? Not okay. So what I'm confused about is if you're del- changing the delivery, how do you? Because obviously, obviously, you have to relay the EAS over the main channel. But how do you not interrupt mm-hmm. the content if there's already EAS going over the main channel? A separate audio stream. Well, that would make sense, now, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm interested to see how ATSC just gets integrated in general. 
Okay. If, if it's a separate audio stream, wouldn't that technically violate FCC rules um, regarding how EAS is designed to be delivered? Yeah. It might be. I'll have to look more into that. Again, mm-hmm. Daz has thought about this a lot, so they probably have some way that they're doing it's, it. But I So ATSC 3.0, more next-gen TV as I like to call it, is actually it's... It, the, at least one of your television stations within your market probably is already broadcasting in ATSA 3.0, and you just don't know it. Yeah. Um, so, so my thing is like, okay, you got the it's compatible with ATSA 3.0. As far as I know, the DAS 2 is also compatible with ATSA 3.0 because the C Gen that you were using alongside the DAS because. Last time I last time I checked, most television stations that use DASDEX don't use the inbuilt C gen. They use an external. Yeah, and I can say that for pretty much every single TV station in my local area, they have just a green scroll bar at the top. Mm-hmm. They don't use the DASs, or literally any that uh, <laughs> uses a DASDEX. Except pretty ARPBS, much, they're special. Yeah. They use blue box. Yeah, yeah. ARPBS uh, uses blue box. Uses the blue box as well. Nice. And, uh, I mean, really, the only time I've ever seen a DAS deck is on maybe one over-the-air TV station in Hawaii when I still lived there. I don't remember which one. And uh, over cable. That's pretty much the only time I've ever seen it. So, yeah. I could see how the... I could see how if they added... If they added the... Um, those I, that icon system to... The icon system that they were... That oh, they V-A-D-S. were showing off of. Yeah, the if they if they just added that to the DAS siege, and I could see how that could be useful for cable providers. Yeah, definitely. See, because you could just implement that into box into the box and just send meta. But of course, you're still going to have to relay the audio. But um, mm-hmm. it's just a mm-hmm. CGen replacement, which is nice. See? So you could honestly, you could just totally get rid of the whole MPEG system altogether. No. Um, no. I, I'm wondering if. With this new system, because here's the thing. If you're only having a slideshow that updates every five seconds, what good would putting a HDMI port that runs at um, 4K30 be good at all? Like, why would you do well, that? Because, because Except the- for, for MPEG standard. What I feel like they might do is they might integrate a scroll into the actual DAS deck because they might have seen that everybody doesn't use the built-in C-Gen. On the on DAS uh, on DAS two, unless you're like a cable system, so it might make sense for them to add in that eight, that HDMI port with ATS three three point oh vids whatever, and then what they can do is um, add in a, a scroll system because they they know everybody uses a scroll system anyway. Well, heck, for so, all we know, the DAS scroll uh, the the DAS uh, C Gen could be totally different than the DAS one and two. Not that it's likely, we but we just it's, don't know. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, especially if they're beefing up the uh, the video output, <laughs> I could see it being. A yeah, champ. I could see that. And and maybe uh, the reason they're doing that is because they're trying to pull a sage and basically have you route all of your stuff through the DAS deck and then out. Um, so you don't have to do like chroma key or anything, which is nice. So. Um. You could do an easy and just have it do both. <laughs> True. You could do an you could pull an easy and make it do literally everything. You could make it a multi-tool. <laughs> Which is kind of what the DAS is becoming, and it's great. I mean yeah, it's exactly. kind of what the DAS has always been, really. The one tool to do it all. 
Yep, pretty much. The Daz has effectively not that the Daz and Easy weren't repla- or weren't out at the same time, but it has effectively replaced the Easy in in the places where it was, and it's it's great. The Daz has proved very well. Um, oh yeah, but yeah. One so the next thing one box to I, beep it all. Pretty much. Oh yeah, <laughs> one box to it all. <laughs> Basically, yeah. So yeah, the next thing I want to cover here is uh, so in quotes here from Daz, new platform, new interface. And so version five will have a quote unquote completely updated and streamlined user interface. So what I'm wondering, is it a different interface that was showed at NAB? Because like like Anna was saying in the last episode, that software is very much beta. Mm-hmm. If it, it honestly be, it looks honest, like what they showed. Stages. If if they look if it looks like what they showed, I'm going to be disappointed. Yeah, I'm it's well because they it's, they also said that they're using it says they said that they're using a new and more consistent springboard, which is your basis for any UI. It's it seems like a lot of things are going to be different than what they showed at NAB. NAB was kind of just like a hey, we can do this. It might not look this way, but we can do all of this and yeah, more. Here, so here's our, here's what they show unit. at NAB might not be final. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they also Wait. said that it like like uh, Anna was saying. I don't remember exactly what episode of our podcast it was, but so it would be s- new and updated, but also similar for the veterans. Yeah, yeah, because um, a lot of people like the their. I, I can't think right now. Sorry, a lot of people like how the Dazdek is, and the Dazdek three really is just an update upgrade i can't speak <laughs> the daz deck 3 is really just an upgrade to the daz deck 2 and more and um by upgrading you get a lot of the new features and hopefully keep some of the old stuff and a lot of people mm-hmm. don't really want to just change everything but they want to have the newest and latest stuff so yeah. mm-hmm. you know i'm interested to see i i honestly would not be surprised in the slightest if there was a new user interface than what they showed mm-hmm but at the same time, though, I could see it being the same. I I just hope they don't make it like a lot of new modern uh, web designs are, because a lot of it is very hard to navigate. A lot of new stuff is. But I hope again, I I hope it's not like the low, old Windows or sorry Windows. What the heck am I thinking? HTML uh, HTML 1.0 type or Web 1.0 type of standard. I hope they well, up the thing a is, bit. though, with the user interface right now, it already is hard to navigate. Yeah, it is definitely hard to doing. navigate. But then again, a lot of broadcasters do, in fact, know what they're doing. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. if they made it so, if they cha- if they completely redid the interface, you run the risk of potentially alienating your existing customers who want to upgrade. Yeah, again, yeah. people just want to upgrade; they don't want a whole new thing. Too. Because yeah. I don't know about you, the Daz, in my opinion, the Daz Deck Three doesn't really offer much compared to the Daz Deck Two. Um, yeah, and I don't know about you, but I, I wouldn't upgrade. I wouldn't upgrade to a completely new unit. I wouldn't upgrade to a completely new unit just because they revamped the interface. I'm not yeah, buying honestly. a multi-thousand dollar box for the UI. Yeah, unless they they're, do they're really going to have to have a selling point. 
yeah unless they really have a selling point that they're just holding back for the full release i yeah i feel like it's possible it's not if we have if we have the brochure that they're going to be using to market this thing they would have said it by now yeah yeah i mean it's it's definitely not a unit that i would just rush off and buy the second it comes out no definitely not yeah but it is definitely uh, interesting and showing where this could go i mean unless you're already in the market for a dav deck like emma yeah like Sybil well, um, or any or anybody who or any dat or any up and coming DAS customer that may be upgrading from their analog encoder. I mean, I, I could yeah, see it Emma being an desperately Sybil yeah. desperately needs an upgrade. <laughs> desperately. Oh, I yeah. could see it being an I could see it being a good upgrade for those who don't already have a DAS, but if you already have a DAS, for those I don't with see Gorman the reason Redlicks. why. <laughs> yeah, and uh, for those with Gorman Redlicks. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm wondering to know if do we have any confirmation on if they will or will not stop their you know manufacturing their staple product, which is the Dazdeck Two, for a while, or do we know if that's happening? We don't know yet, but I will probably. I mean, I'll probably reach out to Daz at some point. My guess is not because it really is their staple product, you know, product. And if they just drop support on it completely, I'm sure there will be a well, lot of. I, I, upset I'm sure people. they would. Stop I they did with the Dazdeck One. I'm sure that they would stop production, but I'm assuming since it's still an advanced system, I'm I'm assuming, granted, this is just me assuming, I would assume that they would keep support on it for quite a while. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, because and, once, and once they the, might have some the on the back burner, out, too. Yeah, once the DASDEC 2 came out, it kind of really outdated the first DASDEC really fast. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I could see like what Gabe was saying, where they dropped support really quick. Which would make sense. Yeah, it would make sense. So yeah, I guess we can move on to the next topic entirely. So no more dad stuff. We'll, we'll, if we hear anything, we'll bring it to the ERN podcast. Mm-hmm. If you're liking what you're hearing so far, you can hit that subscribe button. We'll be here if anything comes out. Yep. But, so, yeah. yeah. And so other we'll than Daz, we will be the first ones to tell you. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> theoretically. So yeah, uh, our next topic here is so Marley, you were in a uh, tropical. I wouldn't even. It wasn't a tropical. It was. Storm it was. By you, the was time it? it was over me, it was a tropical depression. But they just named it uh, Tropical Storm Alex. Um, so yeah, you want to you want to give us some info about what it, what the impact was down there. Yeah. So in my location, really, all I got in my house, which is in you know a little bit more suburban Fort Lauderdale area. Um, all I got was like very heavy rains. That was kind of it. Um, but at the park, if you drive a mile down the road, there was extensive flooding. Like, I mean, you could put a kayak in some of the places of that park. It was nuts. Um, oh, wow. And M- Miami, I don't even want to talk about that. Well, I do because I, I'm, I'm obviously going to talk about it. But Miami was ridiculous. There are videos of people driving like Corvettes and turning them into submarines. Like the water went over the roof of the car. Don't know how they got it through, but they did. Uh, it is absolutely ridiculous. The main... Miami- Miami was looking like Seattle on a good day. Oh, yeah. Bing. Yeah. And you know you're fucked Bing. when the Weather Channel does multi-day coverage on you. <laughs> Over you know the you're weekend. Fucked. Over the weekend. Yeah. You know you're anything, fucked. <laughs> anything news related, if you're on the weekend stuff consistently. Yeah. Marley. Yeah. Yes, I know. Marley, you said um, turning cars into submarines. And the first thing that I that I 
imagine was like a Corvette going underneath the water and you just hear bing. <laughs> bing. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. The, the... Commander, we're taking on water. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Miami got the brunt of it. Well, is that the correct word? Miami got the most of it. Miami was um very badly impacted in areas like I think Hylia got some of it and parts of um just a lot of metropolitan areas in Miami got horribly flooded and places that weren't, you know, you know, designed with that in mind. Luckily, the place where I live was designed a little bit later after a couple big hurricanes. Um, so they designed it with flooding in mind. So I was mostly fine. But the, the main impact was just the incredible amount of flooding we had. It was absolutely nuts. Didn't um, and there, there was some the remnants. Go ahead. Didn't you also tell us in the ERN server that your house actually flooded? Yes, bit? actually, near my office, well, my mom's office downstairs, uh, we, I guess whoever built the house didn't seal the window correctly, and there was like a puddle of water that was just pouring in until like the entire office floor was just flooded, like at least, I don't know, maybe a quarter of an inch, not very much, but the router, for some reason, some dumb butt put it on the ground, and it like, shorted out or something but we dried it and it turned back on <laughs> somehow miraculously but yeah what we lost internet for a little bit that? <laughs> uh it's like whatever at&t gave us but uh it's like <laughs> beat hold on i you know what I, I will look at that in a little bit i i don't know but it's it's a freaking it's a brick it goes what'd you say is it tp link no it's not tp link hold on um I, I'm just is just out of curiosity. It's a it's a what? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, chamber. Gabe! Gabe! Gabe went into the in in. Gabe, Gabe became Jesus the there for a second. Yeah, hello? Gabe went. Hello. Gabe went into. Gabe fell down the well again. Gabe fell down the well again. Hello. Um, <laughs> <laughs> What the Somebody heck, grab the rescue team. Gabe fell down the well again. We gotta ah! fish him out. Oh my gosh, Gabe is. <laughs> it doesn't actually say on the homepage. Oh no. <laughs> what? <laughs> Anyways, um, Razor that's what I was saying. Isn't it just the stock AT and T router? I just found out the. Uh, it's manufactured by Humax, H-U-M-A-X, and the model number is the BGW320-500. Now we're on the router podcast. I don't know why, but we <laughs> it are. It translates to garbage. Garbage, pretty much. <laughs> garbage. <laughs> I mean, it works. It works. <laughs> Absolute fucking trash. <laughs> pretty much. Um, hey, Gabe, you forgot to bleep that. How dare. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolute there we go it, it would be um, awesome if it reverbed the bleep too oh that would be awesome you should add that in post anyway um yeah but uh, there, other than flooding there wasn't a whole lot uh at least yeah. in my area but yeah it was good. the we just threw down a couple towels and it was fine but um if this is the start of hurricane season, I don't want to know what actual hurricane season is going to be like. Because, I mean, this was bad for just being a tropical depression. And a small one at that. So, anyways. Yeah. 
as somebody who lived in Florida during some of the major hurricanes that hit, you ain't seen nothing yet. No, no, no. <laughs> I, no. It, it you was ain't the seen... first weekend of hurricane season when Invest 91L started developing. So, yeah. you know, we're now Tropical Storm Alex. Yeah. So, and there's, there's remnants of it. There were, in Milburn's coverage area, there were a couple tornadoes the other day. Uh, and we actually you got rained out of a concert. Yet. But, yeah. yeah, no, I have definitely not seen anything yet. <laughs> but no. yeah, that's kind of all I have to say on the Florida storm. But trust me, I'll have more because it's Florida. I was, and we already I know. Was, <laughs> the, only thing I, the only thing I need to say is the storm I remember vividly was Katrina. Yeah. Oof. I'm sure a lot of people remember that. I was living down south that. at that time. Yeah. That's a story for another time, though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Cam, Katrina you want is to just uh, a whole episode on its own? Oh speaking, no, it really is. Speaking yeah. of weather stuff, we can hey, do. Cam. We, can, it, we can. I can do a history of. We can do like a history of Katrina or something. Yeah. Speaking of of that, that would be awesome. Speaking of weather stuff, um, Cam, you want to introduce the next topic? I think I'll let Anna do it because I think she was going to. Yeah, you want to. <laughs> No, no, no! I was, I was going to do the exact same thing that you just did. Oh my because bad! Because <laughs> here's the thing: Cam's the only one who can really look into this deeper on the phone side because he's actually got an iPhone. I don't. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. So the next topic here: so WWDC, we mentioned it briefly in the uh, in the last last episode, I believe. But uh, so iOS 16 released, uh, Mac OS Ventura, stuff like that, and uh, so. I have Apple developer access. So I installed iOS 16 on my iPhone 13 and I went into the weather app and I found something interesting. It looks like Apple might be integrating NWS cap into the stock weather app. Yeah. Some of the pictures you sent looked very cap formatted, like very, very cap formatted. Yeah, like there was like on my uh, Missoula weather, it showed a hydrologic outlook. <laughs> I was like, thanks I, Apple, but I wonder what level API they're pulling because was it was it relatively fast from issuance? Uh, it looked like it was pretty fast. It was an Apple hosted link, though. Let me see if I can find a picture. Well, I mean the back end there, guys. I wonder if they're just pulling NWS chat. That would be hilarious. I wonder if they're or doing NWS that. NWS cap. Yeah, the API, but NWS chat um, would be faster, of course. Um, yeah, they might actually be pulling NWS chat because NWS chat, um, their APIs are sent in cap. No, yeah. as somebody who had access to it, it's all in cap in the back end. So here's the thing: if they're pulling from that, it will be much more real time than any of NWS's actual cap servers because. Um, NWS's actual cap servers, they're actually pretty slow, coming up to seven to ten minutes. Uh, I'd like to I'd like to call I'd like to call you out on that, because the other day you told me so I I told you that my I actually had to delay my NWS cap polar by seven minutes because Miami was sending them out within two. By the time NWR EOM it was going over cap. So um, before I had my old playout, my whole playout system fixed, it was actually sending the cap, the cap alert before it like and, and totally negating what it got over NWR. 
no idea how, but Miami is fast. Like See? somehow Miami pushes to the API really fast. So does Melbourne. Um, they they might be changing the back end, but it, um, it it tends to just vary. No, um, the average is around seven to ten minutes late, but still it tends yeah. to be more late than than you want it to. You want it to be oh, as yeah. real time as possible. And if there's they a might, tornado warning, you don't want a seven minute yeah. late tornado warning. Well, at that point, it would just be Wea. Wea, of course, yeah, yeah. But some people yeah, have so that like, turned like, off. Uh, <laughs> John sent a screenshot from his phone because he in, he has developer access as well. So he got a, a severe thunderstorm watch off of it, and it shows like the date, the description, and then like onset time, urgency, affected area. But it's all very cap formatted. Yeah, honestly, the screenshot he sent from the weather app notifications looks almost like Wea, but it just without the extra text. Um, I think yeah. Gabe wants to to impart his opinion on this. Yeah, Gabe, do you have any opinions? It on looks it? like it looks like no weather wire service to me. It yeah. does. I've never actually seen NWWS, so um, NWWS is basically like read-only NWS chat. If you use the open interface, but they said cap over satellite. Yeah, you know mm. that would be something and I could see. In fact, NWWS is actually faster than NWS chat by quite a bit. Some like if you have them side by side, NWWS can actually go off like five to ten seconds before NWS chat before that it even possible. hits the the API. And like, I assume that's over goes correct. Uh, no. no, no, it's its own satellite system. What? Yeah. That's cool. It, it's it's in C band, yeah. I believe. C band. Yeah, it's C band. Yeah. <laughs> Apple's got a got a hunk of a dish. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, so I was... Uh, Big dish. <laughs> Gosh dang it, Anna. Or sorry, it's not... It's not, Or it's a NOAA port. NOAA yeah. port? Okay. Yeah, uh, I have sense. access to NWWS. That's what Do I they... meant whenever I was Damn. talking about... Um, whenever I was talking about NWS chat, I, I meant NWWS. I could be totally I don't wrong. Because I have access to NWS chat proper. Almost instantaneously. Like, I'd uh, be totally wrong, but... I used uh, to uh, use uh, wire services through CBS and stuff like that, and wire services are meant to be instantaneous. Yeah. yeah. It's essentially their, their LAN. You're essentially on their LAN whenever you use Noah port. It's um, stupid fast. I, I, is, I could be totally wrong, but isn't there a similar sort of a bit slower system hosted from Go's, like read-only, of course, because you can't no. upload to Go's? No, there isn't? No. Oh, okay. No, there isn't. Never mind then. That would be cool, but I doubt anyone needs that anyways. Yeah, so I guess this, yeah. uh, we could lead into the next part where what could be possible if Apple integrates Cap completely. So what would be cool is adding Cap alerts that are user-selectable. Mm-hmm. That would be nice, but like okay, it'd be kind of so, cool because then if it if it doesn't meet WIA criteria, you could still select it to show up as a severe weather alert, even though it's not WIA. One thing I wish Apple would do totally. I know they're not going to do this 100 percent because people like their selectability and they like to ignore things. But what would be cool is if Apple made it so that like tornado warnings and ridiculously high priority stuff that would probably go over WIA would still get pushed. So like if you had it turned off like on WIA or something, you you would still forcibly get it through the weather app unless you literally just mm-hmm. install uninstalled the weather app. So I, 
I, I mean, it's literally personal safety, safety and yeah. people turning it off is just really dumb. Yeah. At See, least here, it, a lot of the people I know here don't turn off the uh, weather stuff on their phones. They just turn off Amber. Yeah. And that makes sense, of course. Turning off Amber is understandable. I mean, yeah, it's a little selfish, <laughs> maybe. But um, uh, turning off tornado warnings is just probably one of the dumbest things you can do. <laughs> yeah. Um, unless you're getting Especially because like, if you're thinking about NWR, you can't turn off tornado warnings on most, if not all, weather radios. Because they're so high priority. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Sanjian will automatically override whatever, um, like settings whatever you settings you have if it receives a tour. It goes full volume, full send. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, which is completely understandable, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you want to wake up if you're in a tornado, and that makes sense. The first time I ever heard a tornado warning over my Sanjian, it scared the living crap out of me. Because normally I have my, my Sanjian on low volume, so it's just like dee 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 in the background. But it heard tornado warning, and it just got so ridiculously loud so quick. I was like, what the hell? Wait, is the Sanjian going on? does that? Yes. If it receives so like, a tornado warning for your local area, because you can program your FIPS into the Sanjian, it'll just go it, full send. It, it goes off regardless of any of your settings. It goes full send, full volume. It literally will override the volume setting. Like, you know how you can change the volume yeah, level yeah, yeah. so it's like the speaker turns on? No. Full volume and you can't turn it down during the you duration know, of the alert. I like that. I really like <laughs> that mentality because people yeah. are... Honestly, I'm going to say it straight up. If you turn... If you turn... Turn... I can't speak. If you turn tornado warnings off, you're dumb. You're stupid. Yeah. Why do you do that? Like... Do you want to die? (laughs) I can't confirm this yet, but I have been told by some other people that if you have like an aux cable into it, normally it will just make like a quieter beep whenever it receives an alert. Mm -hmm. But I I can't confirm this yet. But I have been told, at least by one person, that if it receives a tornado warning for your local area, it will actually just play out the normal audio through the speaker as well. Oh, that's nice. Uh, I don't know if that is true, though. I'll have to test that. Yeah. You, hey, follow up Marley. On yeah. yeah. You were refer- you were referring to why do you, why would you disable tornado warnings? We don't get tornadoes up here. Why should I have it <laughs> enabled on my weather radio? Well, when there is a tornado, we all know that when there is something happening, uh, Seattle makes it known that something is happening because see. Yeah. Half the time when Seattle pops off, I tell you guys they're popping off and y'all don't fucking notice. Well, that's true, uh, but if you're there, it's different. Gabe, actually, I I see that as a reason as you should because... Yeah, exactly. Yes, you don't get tornadoes often, but you do want to know whenever it does happen. It doesn't bother you if they're not going off 24-7. Yeah, why turn off the setting if if it's just not going to go off? Um, Because for reference, there's been a tornado reported in each of the 50 states yeah Yeah. it's like if you you i personally i would always keep it on because it's a life safety thing but for example if i'm if i'm in like seattle and i don't receive tornado warnings why turn it off because if i turn it off when there is a tornado warning then i'm kind of fucked because my radio won't go off for it i won't know um, unless I'm close enough to an Ahab siren to be warned. And not to no, mention... Ahab doesn't go off with tornadoes. 
Yeah, really? it wouldn't be. Yeah. And not to yeah, mention. doesn't go off for tornadoes, and, ha- and 99% of the population here in Seattle don't own weather radios. Yep. And, and not to mention. Because they don't need to. Not to mention, as pretty much every single, anyone that knows about sirens tells you, even the National Weather Service says this, if, if sirens are meant to alert you outdoors, not indoors, it doesn't matter if yeah. you can hear it indoors, it's probably not going to wake you up from your sleep unless you're literally right next to one. So sirens are meant to alert you outdoors. If you're indoors, you either want a, a no weather radio or you want your phone via on. So sometimes I wish that counties would understand that because they'll put their sirens so far apart that there's dead spots that you can't hear any of them. Or if you can hear them, they're just so distant, so distant that they would sound something like a police siren. Yeah. Um, for example, at my house in Bentonville, the only times that that I would actually be able to hear a siren test was if all the sirens successfully activated, which a lot of times they didn't. There was quite a few that just would never go off for for tests. They like they would sometimes go off. I don't know. They had to work on their radio system. But um, in, in that spot, even if they all went off, you would barely hear them. Um, the first time that I was actually warned outside, we had lost power due to, I think it was like bills or something. Um, like my parents couldn't pay the bills. So it was, our power had been shut off. Our, it was midsummer, So our room was ridiculously hot. So I decided, hey, I'm going to pull out a tent cot. And I put it in our front yard because then I could get a breeze. Um the issue is we didn't realize that there was a tornado worn storm right above our house. Yeah. So we didn't realize until, cause I laid down in the tent cot, bear in mind, we didn't know this. The sirens had been going off the entire time yeah. and we didn't realize until I actually sat down and I heard them. And I was like, wait a second. That's not a, if that, if that was like a fire siren, like, like a, a fire truck, it would have stopped by now. What oh, is yeah. that? And I actually, I actually st- um, stood up and told everybody in my house to please shut up for a little bit. And I could hear the multiple points of the sirens going off. But that's because I knew what I was listening for. Not everybody does. Not yeah. everybody does. So they really should. Uh, I like, like for example, Liam's um, town. They have a more densely packed siren system. And mm-hmm. I like that because it allows people to to hear that like anywhere and go, oh, wait, that's a tornado siren. They also they, they tell you what it's coming it from like. everywhere. It's not just coming from one place like a, a yeah. you know fire truck or something would. It's coming from everywhere. Oh, crap. And, yeah, that's and a tornado also siren. you can hear it everywhere. As long as you're outside, you can hear it everywhere. And that's important because if yeah. you had something like where I lived back in Arkansas, I barely heard them. And it took me telling everybody to be quiet to even realize that that's a tornado siren. Yeah, like it yeah. sounded like a normal police siren, and that could have caused an issue because if I didn't, if I didn't know what I was listening to, and I just passed it off as some kind of police thing, like less than ten minutes, because as soon as we heard that siren, we literally grabbed the full-on tent cot, which could have become airborne, shoved it in our garage, like still fully unfolded and everything, just shoved it as hard as we could into the garage, um, closed the garage, and then hunkered down in the bathroom. Like, even without power. But if I hadn't known to do that, um, it, it was actually a really bad storm that night. If I didn't know to do that, what could have happened is I could have just been outside. That storm could have hit. And there was actually quite a bit of wind associated with that storm. Um, so I could have been 
in the middle of that, I wouldn't have known. Yeah. I legitimately, I think there was like an EF1 or EF0 or EF1. I could have been in the middle of one of those. Yeah. And so, in a tent, that wouldn't have been fun, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Yo, I would have gotten to, to have the a, a first-person human flying experience once. Yeah, you would have been sent straight to North Carolina, freaking Wright Brothers. <laughs> Wee! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. no, uh, honestly, though, just end of this whole PSA, keep your tornado warnings on. It's for your safety. If you don't like mm-hmm. them, deal with it. I don't care. I don't think you like tornadoes either, do you? <laughs> yeah. Even though trust me, the warnings trust don't me, make tornadoes, them go away. Trust me, tornadoes are louder than your phone. <laughs> um, yeah. Even anyway. though we're alert fanatics, no, it, we don't even like tornadoes. We like the alerts, but not the No, tornadoes, tornadoes are scary as shit, though. Yeah, yeah. like um, back whenever we did have one, I remembered this. Basically, what happened was I had my... This is whenever I was like just beginning in NERP. I had my like sage sitting on the top bunk of my bed and we had a tornado warning and it was like an EF2 that passed through Rogers, Arkansas, which was like the city underneath mine. And we were miles away from that storm, away from that tornado. But oh my God, the noise. Like yeah. I was sitting in the bathroom, right? Mm-hmm. The bathroom compared to where my window was, was at least 10 feet behind two closed doors. And yeah. it sounded like I had my head outside. Yeah, no, people describe it when a tornado is coming to people describe it as like a train, a train heading mm-hmm. directly towards you, which is scary to think about. But trust me, hearing hearing a boop, boop, boop is much better than literally being in the source of sound. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> You don't want to be in a giant rotating, uh, air quotes, terrain. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's interesting, Apple putting cap into it. I, I think, honestly, adding it, there's a lot of possibilities. Like, oh, yeah. Cap, like, cap isn't just limited to weather. Mm-hmm. No, cap is, there. I mean, the biggest use for cap really is... Yeah, a cap, a cap isn't just used for emergency alerts either. It's common... Well, I mean, it's, it is... But it's common alerting protocol. I shouldn't have said that. I, I meant like uh, ATOM and stuff like that. That's not what we mean. Sorry, I'm getting off topic. But yeah, CAP is not just used for weather. I pause. I pause. CAP, common alerting protocol, uh, is also weather, but it's non-weather emergency messages as well. NWEM. So uh, I'm. I would be interested to see if, even though it's a weather app, if they implement like shelter-in-place warnings or something, or heck, Amber mm-hmm. alerts. But I kind of hope not. Because then people are going to want to delete the app. Um, The thing is, though, if they're integrating it into weather, that means you can integrate it system-wide. Because it would be kind of cool for alerts that aren't WIA if you could add, like, shelter-in-place through CAP to act like a WIA alert. Well, I mean, (laughs) if shelter-in-place doesn't go over WIA, I don't know what your county's on, but I I want some of it. (laughs) Hey, Cam. Yeah. Apple Endec when? (laughs) Oh, yeah, Apple Endec. Well, I technically, the Indic. WACN Endec software Endec could be an Apple Endec because it can run on yeah, a Mac. Because if you can run it on M1, you can run it on an iPad. I mm-hmm. wonder, Anna, when will you compile it into an APK? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Z-fold Endec. 
That would be funny. Hey, Cam. Yeah. What about that last interesting thing on our list? Oh, yeah. I guess we could. I mean, this is kind of wrapping up the episode. I think we kind of talked about everything we ever, we ever wanted in this episode. But oh, yeah. So and more. I've reached out. I've been talking to Daz occasionally over the past, I would say, what month? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, and, something uh, like that. Yeah. So there is the possibility of digital alert system sending ERN a DAS Deck 3 for review. Which is mind-boggling, consider, considering this is, what, our sixth episode or something? That's but nuts. The thing, like, yeah, the thing is, though, ERN has been around for a minute. Yeah. And we all kind of know what we're doing. <laughs> you know... Yeah. Funnily enough, this is the closest thing that we've had to an emergency alerting system sponsoring us, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is, um, which is funny hey, we're because we're sponsored it's like, by WAC and Technologies. What more could you want? <laughs> um, Sage alerting systems to sponsor ERN. Oh, no. Yeah, no, Dude. that's like having the government sponsor you. Yeah, but basically it's like, funnily enough, like whenever whenever I first joined NERP back in those days, I was like, yo, we should talk to these guys and see if they if if we could like talk them into allowing us to prototype units or what whatnot. And funnily enough, like ERN has gotten really close to that. Just with, oh, yeah. with Cam even, and even Dash. having even having the them say, hey, it's possible. Why don't we talk to you about this some other time? Or you know, we'll, yeah. we'll get yeah, back to you about it. Yeah, that's basically what that's, it was. That's probably the closest yeah. you'll someone will probably ever the closest beat you'll it. ever get. And mm-hmm. the other thing yeah. too is that we have iPods access. Yeah, yeah. we've done. There, we've there are many advances. Index. Yeah, we built our own index. We there, are, there are advances that we've done as as a development team in ERN. We might as like having us partner with such a was which having us partner with within the alerting community or industry at this point would be pretty beneficial it, it kind of just went from a friend group to a to a to a to, to a um what you call it, a discord server and then another discord server and then you know friend groups made out of that and then now it's just like a whole big thing and everyone knows what they're doing pretty much and now we're like getting this far and it's awesome oh yeah people See? people in erN that we are so experienced like we have programmers <laughs> Anna people people like and her. Gabe we got yeah and Gabe sorry Gabe and then we got yeah, IT. yeah we have <laughs> IT we got we got people who know their index inside and out mm-hmm. yeah we got so if you ever have questions I mean, about EAS, enthusiast or station, just ask us. We could probably, probably find a solution figure it out. Five <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, if we don't know it immediately, we could probably figure it out within like 10 minutes of research. I mean, legitimately, I am the first person that we know of to reverse engineer the sage so hard that I can bring one back from the dead without a wrong. Yeah, no, ask so. Anna a question and she'll pull her entire <laughs> index apart to answer it. Yeah. Yeah. The, oh, yeah, that question was, was it possible? Podcast. And we did it. So, oh yeah, I may be working with another person in another server who is going to be helping me make a, a Gidra profile to reverse engineer the uh, ROM further. Oh, um, that's cool. So we, um, the hopefully the idea is I want to see if I can make a prototype version of the ROM that is compatible with the 1822 that will allow it to do CAP via serial. 
<laughs> that would be hilariously cool. Because imagine that. That would be like... Or we're not actually talking about sending cat messages to the unit, but but like kind of like the the incoming EAS that it can already do, like ES via serial, but just improve on it. Um, yeah, you still have cap compliance on a non-cap mm-hmm. compliant unit because obviously yeah. you can't send audio through the serial port, but you know, yet, yet, <laughs> yet. Uh, you just gotta, no, you gotta, you no, gotta modulate the FM signal and push it through this pin. No, I'm joking. No, it, it, it physically cannot do that. Yeah, no, I was about I, to t- say. looking at the motherboard, no, it, it's not possible. Yeah, but that would no. be cool. That would, that would be, be really cool. cool. Um, there's your next project. Well, well, then really? that's why there's that's why there's the encoder import on the Sage yeah. too. Yeah. When in it's doubt, when purpose. in doubt, throw a Raspberry Pi on it, some duct tape, and uh, a couple wires, and you'll figure it out. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, but that'll be interesting. Um, no no bets that that would actually happen, but it, it, it might yeah. be interesting at least to just look through it and go, hey, look, if you do this key combination that nobody ever, ever looked at, you can uh, you can make, make the Sage do a backflip. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Um- Honestly, Anna, once you figure that out, your next project, cap on a TFT. No. no I'm joking. That would be cursed. <laughs> Just look up a cap deck to it. No, I mean, make make the make the 911 Plus without the 911 Plus. <laughs> Dude, honestly, like, I want to see if it's possible to reach out to, to TFT, like, or the remaining people who worked at TFT who are actually providing support for those units and ask them, hey, do you have any 911 plus units lying around? Or do you, or have, do you have the yeah, plans? Exactly, because yeah, the schematics. that would be really cool to take a look at. Oh, yeah. Because honestly, if TFT didn't go bankrupt, I'd feel like they would be one of the most direct competitors to DAS today. Probably, honestly. If DAS if, would, is, would even have been around. If yeah. um if the um no that Daz was around before the nine one one plus. But oh, okay. fair enough. If because didn't Daz like start like early two thousands? I, I don't With know. With the Daz ones. Well, you gotta remember, um Daz was not always called Daz. Yeah. True. Uh, they, <laughs> Monroe. They weren't it wasn't. It, they weren't always called Monroe. I think they Holly spun Ann. off of Holly Ann. <laughs> they started off as Holly Ann. Yeah, your so what we could tell. Your option is. <laughs> your option is in but, code. <laughs> so basically, um, the reason why is like also if Triolithic slash Viavi didn't you didn't make their units the way they did they would also be closer as a competitor to Daz. but as it is they didn't go that way and it caused i honestly feel like trialistic slash viavi kind of shot themselves in the foot there oh yeah because um like talking to people who have easy caps like jj he says that it honestly isn't that great and the easy plus is better than the easy cap so yeah and wasn't there at some point where 
I don't know, I think it was the IPTV, wasn't there at some point where you could use a software to send CAP to the IPTV? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, earlier versions of the Easy Cap could send cap messages to Easy Plus, IPTV, and Cast. And the reason yeah. why, if they kept that, if they didn't get rid of that, that would have been super efficient. Because here's the thing: Easy Plus, Cast, and IPTV, you could still you can get today for relatively cheap. I mean, look at eBay listings. If if kids weren't like up pricing them, you could get what a unit for two three hundred dollars. Imagine it being like this. If they didn't get rid of that option, what they could have done is they could have kept that in and a cable provider or a over-the-air TV provider can have one easy cap at their, at their um, studios. And that easy cap would send, e uh, would send cap messages to a whole bunch of easy pluses because there wasn't a limit on how many you could have in there. But... You literally could have, let's say they have five transmitter sites. You can have an easy, an easy plus at every single one of their transmitter sites. And bear in mind, you could actually send like configs back and forth between the units. It was like in the very last version of, of the easy plus, it was like 8.09.02. You could do something like that. But basically you can configure it in a way where um, you'd have a master easy cap, uh, easy cap at the studios, and then a whole bunch of easy pluses at the transmitter sites. Yeah, you don't that need seems to like use, it would be very efficient. You, yeah, it, in doing this, you don't need to expose any of the web interfaces for the for the cap. You just need to have that one port that sends the super duper stupid encrypted cap message through that line, which it also streamed audio, so you could activate all your transmitters at once. So you, you're not for, forwarding the web interface to anyone. Um, you're not exposing anything uh, like significantly like secretive. And I believe you could also do um, that cat message through like audio means and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So you could like put it in your <laughs> TDX intensifies. <laughs> not so much TDX. No, but I know. It, um. It's like you could you could stream it up with your STL and stuff, yeah. but like if you could do that, that would be cool, and that would have that would have kept Trilithic and Viavi in the game very yeah. very hardly. Because here's the thing, um, if, if nowadays if a TV station wants more than more than one unit, you get a DAS and a multiplayer. But yeah. if if you could if you could get one easy cap. And a whole bunch of easy pluses. You can configure those easy pluses individually. Each individual one has its own radio system. So they're basically self-contained emergency alert systems at each transmitter site. So they're all controlled. You don't have to worry about them. But then you receive a cap message through the cap and send them through all those studios. So everything goes off at once for cap messages. This is that a would big, have been efficient. This is a big, uh, they don't make them like they used to moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Honestly... That would be really cool if Daz did something like that. Just have like a, a very bare bones system, like one U, no interface, no nothing. It just receives message through like um, EAS net. Yep. So like an um, EAS receive only. Yeah, it, it's just receive and relay only. And basically it just has, let's say freaking six radios. No, no baseband inputs because you're not going to be using them anyway. So yeah. Um, six radios and like 
the only screen that you have just shows the IP and the current status. So like relaying or whatever. And it's just a little Working. little small screen that like the DAZ already used. And the only thing it, it basically is just a you could run a you can use like a, a beefy Raspberry Pi or something like a Latte Panda for this. Yeah, I was about to say Latte Panda. Where where it the only thing that you need to do is detect detect EAS, switch. <laughs> yeah. And then you could just have it receive cap from the main unit. And it's basically all software except for the, the radios. And mm-hmm. that would be super efficient. And you could just have a whole bunch of those, just shove them a whole bunch at the transmitter sites and then have it all controlled by a DAS. And then that's basically what you could have done with Trilithic. Yeah, EAS is very um, expandable. Uh, just like yeah. our podcasts are expandable. <laughs> I don't know why I had to bring uh-huh. that up. <laughs> Except for this but, episode, because I think it's time to wrap it up. <laughs> it is definitely time to wrap it up. But thank it's you, everyone, for but you listening. Can ex- you can expand your listening experience by listening to multiple episodes of the podcast as they come row. out in a row. <laughs> you can binge time. listen to us, or you can listen to it at the same time. Yeah, just <laughs> expand massively. Yes. Just hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcast. It's, it's, I made sure hey. that this podcast is literally everywhere. Hey Cam, you know what we should yeah. do? You can never escape us. Hey Cam, <laughs> we we should make the the Wacken WACN podcast. Oh no! Podcast. Where it's the just me podcast. going on a rant for three hours of how how EAS should be, should be, and how it isn't. <laughs> just like this podcast isn't gonna continue. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> we'll have more episodes. Yeah, not no, necessarily the podcast, but I think this episode might need to. Yeah. Anyways, and thank you listening. everyone for listening. This was a very fun episode, very eventful. Like uh, as we were planning this episode, there was so much. We were all excited about how much information we got because usually we just kind of wing it. But this one was definitely like we had a lot of stuff to this cover, like, and this we did like episode one. Yeah, um, pretty much. This is episode one. <laughs> um, this episode will end after this message from our sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Go yes. get Endeck. You can't, but get it anyway. <laughs> anyway Pay yeah, me so money. Guys, <laughs> yeah, so I thank you guys for listening to the podcast. And yeah, hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. And yeah, we'll see you next week. We're recording this episode a little early because I'm actually going on my honeymoon this weekend. So we'll probably release this episode Thursday or Wednesday night, whenever hey, it comes Cam. out. Just not on the weekend. Hey, Cam. Yeah. Get a room. anyways thank you for listening (laughs) yeah see you guys next week bye-bye goodbye